It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Listen, put me in the parking lot, you know, um, with bears, and I'll go out there and play. It don't matter. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Man, some, uh, some rough news last night. We'll break all that down and more, including the big win over Ole Miss on the road. First things first, today's show brought to you by our good friends at Fetch Me Home Delivery. There are three restaurants that you can use, uh, that you can use promo code 10OFF, 10OFF, as a promo code uh, this week. Tzatziki's, Twice Baked, and Beyond the Walk. Two of those are new partners with Fetch Me, so that's exciting. Be sure to support them that way. Twice Baked and Beyond the Walk are new. Um, also, they've got the Beat Bama Food Drive going on. Um, if, if you watch the games this past weekend and you feel confident that the Iron Bowl is going to be pretty one-sided this week, I know a lot of people were talking about that. Um, don't let the food drive be uh, as far as the beat Bama food drive. All, all, uh, all things that you can donate, the extra two, three bucks uh, through Fetch Me after you place your order, they're going to match all that at the end of the, uh, end of the campaign. And so um, I think that's pretty cool. Also, as always, you can use promo code ZAC20, Z-A-C-2-0, for your first delivery free. I'm Zach Blackerby, recording remotely. Michael Pappas, you are in studio this morning. How are you? I'm doing great, Zach. I'm doing great. Earliest I've woken up in uh, in a while, not going to lie, sure. but um, but I- I'm feeling good. I made uh, 12 cups of coffee this morning, just brought, I, I brought mine, my, uh, my pot from home, just brought the whole nice. thing. So uh, uh, I'm excited. Beautiful day today. Well, that's resourceful, and I think it makes a whole lot of sense. Let's jump into the news that broke last night. Brandon Council is out for the season. I cannot stress this enough for those asking. This is still a Brandon Council podcast. Obviously, we hated for him, transferred here for a chance for him to kind of get some uh, some exposure from the NFL and possibly get him into the league. I think he's been the most stable part of uh, this offensive line, this improving offensive line. Gus Malzahn talked about it uh, in his media availability last night, said that Keandre Jones will now take the starting spot at right guard. But he also said Troxel, Austin Troxel, will get a chance there as well. I thought that was a little interesting. Um, what I probably would have gone with is Keandre Jones, but I've seen a lot of people, and I don't disagree with this take as far as at least looking at this, possibly scooting Broderius Ham in from right tackle to right guard. And then you could try Troxel at right tackle, or you could try any of those two, uh, the, the Juco guys that, uh, that we heard such good things about during the recruitment process. You know, maybe you give them a look at right tackle. But Mount Zahn really, really likes Broderius Hammond right tackle, it seems. Yeah, I, I agree with him. I, I think that he should go with just what he said, to be honest with you, Zach. Um, all of Keandre Jones's snaps this season have come at right guard. 
Uh, he's he's played 127 snaps, uh, which is second fewest of the O-linemen that we've seen, the fewest being Austin Troxel, who's only played 64. Uh, Keandre Jones has actually played in every game this season, and his pass block grade is actually the highest of the offensive linemen at 82. Bernier's Hamses? No, Keandre Jones's. Oh, okay. Bernier's Ham is second, though, at 81.4, so like he's right behind him. How about him. that? Okay. Yeah. Council was third, and... and I don't want to sit here and say that, like, oh, this is going to be an upgrade to Keandre Jones because realistically, uh, we have no idea. He's played almost a third of the snaps right. that Brandon Council has, and like that has to matter. But Keandre Jones, he's he's allowed one hurry, one pressure this season, and um, and and in obviously limited action, he's looked pretty good. So I don't think this is the end of the world for Auburn fans. Uh, and for the Auburn offensive line, I, I mean, luck. Well, I guess luckily, um, Auburn has had uh, Auburn had to at the beginning of the season rotate a bunch of offensive linemen. So, like you know, whether it's Trox or or it is Jones, I mean, these guys got playing time against SEC competition at the beginning of the year. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It just kind of stinks. And let's kind of transition our conversation into the Auburn defeating Old Miss on Saturday with talking about the offensive line. It looked a lot better. We kind of predicted this. There wasn't a whole lot of pressure on Bo Nix, and when there was, Nix did a good job of rolling outside of the pocket and most of the time made something happen. But a lot of it was when he did get pressure, it was from the edge. It was not mm-hmm. you know, in his face. It was not with the guards or the tackles. So the, the pocket didn't get pushed back. And that, to me, says really solid job on the interior offensive line with Nick Brahms. And then uh, the two guards, uh, even before and after, you know, uh, Council's injury. So I thought the offensive line looked really, really good on Saturday, even in run blocking. I did my GIF thread on Twitter yesterday, talked about uh, them kind of doing their their GT stuff, you know, front side of the offensive line, uh, blocking down, gap down backer, and then the the backside pulling play side, you know, with a little counter action. And uh, they did really, really good. They did it when Tank was in. They did it when Sean Shivers was in. I was really, really impressed with this offensive line. Yeah, the the interior offensive line especially, I, I totally agree with you. It was the, the three starters that you mentioned, uh, Manning, Brahms, and Council, all three of them, it was their best game of the season. What, what was Brahms' grade? Brahms he was, grade, was he elite on Saturday? No, he was at 67.5, but his pass block grade was at 82.9, which is very good. That's what I'm thinking of. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, the big, I mean, the big takeaway, I mean, I think really it points to the offensive line also. Auburn's team passing grade was an 89.0, and Bo Nix's grade was a 90.9. I mean, this was the best game of Bo Nix's career by far, I thought. Yeah. And I think a lot of that is that he was comfortable. I mean, you could, and even watching, you could tell. Uh, I thought that he looked incredibly comfortable. And I mean, to, to nitpick, like, I'm going to sit here and be like, oh, this is nitpicking. If he stepped up in the pocket instead of like running out the back and around when he yeah. has pressure from the edge, uh, I think we would all be sitting here and being like, wow, Bo Nix is elite. And I know that that's a huge step, but. The way that he played on Saturday is 
exactly what everyone thought we were getting out of Bo Nix when he was recruited. And they, I thought that Chad Morris called a really good game. I thought yep. that Bo looked super comfortable in the offense. Uh, the running backs both played really well. Uh, Sean Shivers and Tank Bigsby were both great. The offensive line we, we just talked about. I mean, this was this was a really good performance. And, I mean, the only downside for the offense for me is that the wide receivers are still dropping passes. Uh, yes, yes. And people were kind of talking about that after the game as well. Like, is that Cody Burns' fault? Is that the receiver's fault? And I think it kind of falls on everybody. You know, it's just if you're going to consistently drop passes, um, upperclassmen doing it. If you're a freshman, like uh, Kobe Hudson, like I know we've made the jokes about how he's like a natural wide receiver or whatever, but like he's 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 been, he's played quarterback his whole career. So um, I'm okay with that one, but we'll um, we'll see what that looks like moving forward. I want to talk more about this Auburn Ole Miss matchup in just a moment. But if you're listening to this. Our Locked On listeners, do you ever feel like you're always on? You know, everything's go, 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 nothing but nonstop hustle all the time with work and expectations socially. Well, there's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. Coors Light wants you to know that no matter what sport is on this fall, Saturdays are your time to chill. Mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Coors Light, everything about it is crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. I cracked open a few Coors Lights this weekend, Michael. It was, uh, it was great. It was perfect for my time to unwind while watching Auburn football. I absolutely loved it. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. The improved Built Bar is even better. Built Bar has created the best tasting protein bar ever. These bars are healthy. They're great for the health conscious folk, uh, as well as uh, you know, they're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, great for uh, a keto diet. Looking at the flavor profile for Cookies and Cream, one of the more popular bars, 17 grams of protein, just 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 4 grams of net carbs. So absolutely great. Every one of these bars fully covered in chocolate. They're all delicious. It tastes like a candy bar. Head over to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and you will get 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Michael, we're talking about all these positive things to come out of Saturday's matchup in Auburn versus Ole Miss. And how much of it, in your mind, has to do with the fact that Ole Miss could be, I don't know, it could be the worst defense in the country? I mean, how much of that do we need to separate from this conversation? I, I think that matters, but it's also kind of like, you know, they're the worst defense in the country, and... Auburn played its best game of the season offensively. Like, yeah. that's good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, yes, you'd want – hopefully they can build on, on this performance, but it does give you hope moving forward. I mean, you saw what the offense is capable of. And there's the flip side of the coin of that also. Like, as, as bad as the defense is, Ole, Miss, Ole Miss's offense is a top-10 offense in the country. Yeah. And – I know that people will point to like, you know, the the sixty one yard completion 
and I think they had another big play. But um, I, I want to say my dad. So my dad called me during the game for a little background, and I like talked him off the ledge, basically, um, kind of like I I have to do with you sometimes, Zach. And he's like, everyone sucks. The defense sucks. Blah blah blah. And I'm like, I don't know. I feel like they gain. I feel like Ole Miss gains. Uh, I don't know, three or four yards of play, and then a couple times they've busted these long ones. And sure enough, yesterday my dad sends me this tweet that says, if you take away the two big plays surrendered, Auburn held the Rebels to 4.6 yards per play on their other 75 snaps. Ole Miss came into the game number 10 nationally, averaging 6.7 yards per play. So, like, the defense played very well. Um, They have problems, but, like, they held this Ole Miss offense, I don't want to say in check, but, like, they made them drive the ball down the field. Like, if you the watched that, that game against Alabama, they were scoring at will. Right. The thing that drives me crazy about this defense is, you know, all – I say all during the offseason, really all during fall camp, you know, every every time Gus talked to the media, we were playing audio about him talking about the three deep or him talking about the depth chart and how important mm-hmm. depth is. And <laughs> they're not playing that many guys. They're playing like it seems like they're playing less guys on defense than they ever have, um, especially on the defensive line, especially at the linebackers. I mean, poor Zacoby and Owen, they don't come off the field. Smoke and Sherwood don't come off the field. McCreary stand on the field every snap. I mean, it's just uh, these guys are exhausted. Okay. And then, you know, you, you, you look at the defensive line rotation. Rodney loves to go 10 or 11 guys deep. You may have that in front of you on how many guys actually played on the defensive front. But I just when the third quarter and the fourth quarter roll around and Auburn fans are upset with, you know, how the defense is starting to, you know, get softer and, and look worse. It's like, well, where's yeah. the depth here that Malzahn's been talking about for the last, you know, few months? Yeah. And, to the defense's credit, in the last three games, they've managed to get that crucial stop that you need in the fourth quarter yep. in all three. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and when people are talking about, you know, this team's quitting, it's like, stop, get out of here with that. Because mm-hmm. these guys are like, <laughs> these guys are dead <laughs> on, on the field, and they're finding ways to make big plays at the end of the game. So keep that in perspective if you're kind of anti this team right now. Um, why is that the case? I don't know. You can put that on Gus. Why is there not more guys playing? But so it, yeah. well, Go hold ahead, on. Man. Sorry on on defense, they did play twenty two guys. So I will. I mean, there are a lot of guys getting snaps. Um, Jaron Handy and TD Moultrie both only played three. Right. Zion Puckett played four snaps. Um, but you shout out Puckett to you. Was really bad, by the way. He was really bad when he was in. Um. Yeah, Puckett. Yeah, he was bad. To all, um, to all the people that were like, yo, Christian Tut, like, get off the field when he went down and, like, Tennyson came in and Puckett came in, it's like, it, it somehow got worse. So that's why Tut is on the field. Anyway, keep going. Tennyson graded out better than Tut did, just so you know. Um, it did not. Well, how many snaps did he play? He played 10, but supposedly it is adjusted for that. I don't know. Um Owen, so you managed to say five of the top six snap getters for Auburn when you just listed out those guys. Um, sure. Owen Papo, Smoke Monday, Roger McCreary, and Jamie and Sherwood all played every single snap. 
81. All 81 snaps. Uh, Big Cat played 70, and Zacoby McLean played 69. Christian Tutt played 67. Um, so him being on the field that much shows how much Ole Miss likes to spread the ball out. My takeaway from this game defensively was really how well Auburn covered receivers. You're right. Uh, Owen Papo had his best coverage game of the season by far. He also had 10 tackles. So shout out to him. He played incredibly well. Roger McCreary had one of his best games in coverage, and I'm still amazed by how well he tackles in the open field. Uh, I think he, I think pound for pound, Roger McCreary is Auburn's best tackler. Yeah, he had two tackles behind the line of scrimmage, I think. Um, I've got him at, uh, it doesn't say, so that's weird. Yeah, um, he had five tackles, um, two tackles for loss, and let's all forget about that interception in the end zone. But true. Pappas, I mean, all last week we were talking about how Elijah Moore is totally set up to just come in and, you know, just 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 take down Auburn's defense by himself with him operating out of the slot. But he was held to five catches, just 16 yards, did score that touchdown against Zion Puckett. But, I mean, all in all, like, if you, uh, going into this game, if you would have told me that he would have just gotten, like, 15 yards, I would not have believed you. So that's a testament. Like, that's a pretty big deal. Yeah, he was fine. I mean, uh, not great. Um, he, I believe, had caught 100% of his targets coming into the game. And then in this game, they held him to to five receptions on nine targets. Like you said, 16 yards, nine of which came after the catch. So, yeah, uh, I mean, uh, his longest reception was six yards. And Corral threw two picks trying to throw him the ball. Like, uh, Yeah, and, and I saw a lot of... Auburn people talking about how Kenny Yaboa, the tight end that we talked about last week, um, really like handling the defense. But it was really like just that that wheel route. And yeah. outside of that, I mean, he had four catches, 83 yards for a long of 60. That's the wheel route play. So outside of that, he had three catches for 23 yards. Yep. This, you know, future NFL tight end. Like, I really think the defense did fine. I mean, I, I'm agreeing with you. I thought they were awesome. And you know, shout out to us, Zach. We nailed who their playmakers were going to be in this game. <laughs> You're right. Because You're right. It was, I mean, for them it was basically like, it's Ely, it's more. And they shut down more. And now it's like, okay, now it's just Ely. Yeah, and, right. and if you're playing Ole Miss, if you're like, okay, we'll just make them run the ball on every play, I'll take it. I'm sorry, yeah. I'll take it. Uh, I'm still baffled at how bad Auburn's defensive line is at tackling. Um, yeah. That is something I didn't think that I would ever say. But good God, it is. Yeah, and, it's a and problem. I'm still waiting for somebody to step up. I mean, when you were reading out how Big Cat played 70 snaps on Saturday, that actually really, really surprised me because you kind of forget about him. And I hate it because, I mean, you heard me talk about how good this guy was going to be. He had a chance to lead the SEC in sacks this season. And I was just I was just so wrong on this. I totally whiffed on projecting, you know, Big Cat Bryant's impact on this defense. And it stinks. I absolutely hate it. Now, I'm willing to chalk up a lot of it due to the fact that I think he's still getting over some kind of injury. But regardless, like – 
you got to think he's not going to be playing 70 snaps if he's not healthy, if he's not 100%, right? Yeah, no, I, I do agree with that. But, I mean, I don't want to heap it all on him. Like, it's not just a big cat problem. Like, it is a defense – it's a, like a full defensive line problem. But Big um, Cat's still getting one-on-one stuff a lot on the edge. It's him versus the tackle yeah, a lot. Pretty yeah. much every time I like look at, like, okay, I'm watching Big Cat on this play, it's one-on-one. So, like, to some extent, like, yeah, I kind of do think it's on him. Well, from a pass rushing perspective, yes. I'm sorry. I was talking about tackling. Um, I see. Yeah. But didn't we talk last week about how this tackle was actually pretty good? No, I think was that one of our matchups? I don't think it was. Maybe not. Maybe not. I'm not sure. Um, I thought the defensive line did great at like getting pressures and hurries, but it looks like they only had seven hurries. I don't know how many times they dropped back, to be honest with you, but um, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, as far as tackling goes, the worst tackler grading wise on the team. Was Jalen Simpson, who had zero tackles and two misses. But I'm going to be honest, I don't really care if one of the corners can't tackle. Like, that's not, I don't want to say that's that's expected. It's not expected, but, you know, it's not uncommon for a cornerback to not be able to tackle. But Daquan Newkirk, Big Cat Bryant, and Colby Wooden should not be two, three, and four on the list of worst tacklers. Those guys are all massive human beings who play in the middle of your defense, on your defensive line. I mean, um, especially Big Cat with you know him being an upperclassman. You you gotta you gotta have that shored up by this point in your career. Yeah. Hey, another Auburn win, more controversy. We'll talk about that in just a moment, right here on Locked On Auburn. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. All right, Pappas. Shivers appears to touch the football just barely as it passes him on that kickoff and it goes into the end zone. He starts running for the ball. He kind of stops when the whistles blow. Um, It looks like Ole Miss should have scored a touchdown on that play, but Auburn kind of got away with another early whistle from the refs. What are your thoughts on that? Um, I don't think that it matters in college football um, I want to say that in college football, it doesn't matter if you touch the ball or not. Like in that situation, it still is. Um, it, it's still a touchback. I don't. Uh, I, 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 I'm pretty sure they came out and said that he, if he did touch it, which I think we all can agree that he did touch it. I think he's his finger moved back. Um it's supposed to stay live, but the refs blew the whistle too early. It's a very similar situation what we saw with Arkansas with the refs just blowing the whistle too early, so they had to go with the call. Okay. Maybe not. 
Maybe I'm wrong. I thought I saw one of the Ole Miss beat writers had tweeted it out. Um, Somebody posted a PDF of the rules or that part of the rule book on the bunker last night, and I read it, and it confirmed what I just said. Oh, okay. I thought, okay, maybe Based I'm wrong. on my interpretation of it. Um, I don't know then. I don't, I don't know the names of any of the Ole Miss beat writers. I don't know why I'm trying to look it up. I actually follow some of them for some reason. Um, I don't know any of their names, though. I don't pay that close of attention. Uh, the, um, I don't care. When's a win? And, and I'm, I, I'm over all of this, like, all, all the people online who say that, like, Auburn should be 1-4. and four. Well, They're not. I've seen 0-5 because some people are like, well, Kentucky was better than Auburn. Because they had more yards than them, and I'm like, get out of here, man! Like, they weren't you better. Doing? You can look at you can look at the score. Auburn right. won the game. Like, yeah. I, I I really by a lot. Like it wasn't even like that close. But I I just um, I really I, dislike it. I, I really dislike people saying that like this is a one and four team. No, it's not. They're three and two. They are three and two, and you know I, I made this statement, and uh, some some people that are just anti Gus kind of got frustrated with me. And I think you agreed with me, but like with the Arkansas situation, you saw Shedrick, who was the closest person to the football, quit running towards the football when he heard the whistle. And you saw Shivers running towards the football, and he quit running about the time that they that they blew the whistle. So I, I just feel like if the whistle's not blown, Shivers goes and falls on the football. Um, can't prove it. There's no and way it would definitely a, know that. And it would be a I just kind of have a feeling. So, okay, so here is why I think that it's a touchback. Because in college football, when the ball goes into the end zone, it's a touchback. Like, no matter what, right? You, they don't have to touch it. Correct? Yes. Yeah. Okay, but if in that situation that just happened, since Shivers didn't have control of the ball... He touched it, though. I don't think control's a thing. But it would still be a touchback. Like, if he went and landed on it, it would be a touchback. So why is it then different, I guess, would be my question. I have no idea. I'm speculating, to be honest. And maybe yeah. I'm trying to justify. But I, don't, I still don't really care. Like, I, I know that that's going to be a lot of stuff that people point to. But at the end of the day, Bo Nix led you down the field again. You're right. My thing is, like, if you're Shivers, why aren't you landing on it anyway? Like, just in case. I don't know. I, probably, maybe that's all discussed. Maybe he knows the rules better than us. But um, Maybe they're just like, you play to the whistle. When they stop blowing the whistle, stop playing. Yeah. No, you're right. Maybe, and maybe you're that right. – I, I, I have no idea, to be honest. Like, I, I don't know. And maybe they should land on it, but just I don't care. I don't know, I'm always in the camp of, like, remove all doubt. But yeah. any, other, any other notes we need to hit on before we wrap this thing up, brother? Um, Tank Bigsby only had nine broken tackles, so is that an off game for him? I don't know. People are asking. Still, I mean, that's <laughs> still crazy. <laughs> when you look at his his total carries, what, how many times did he touch it? Uh, 24 times? So that's yeah, like, 24 rushes. No, I'm, I'm kidding. That was just a joke. I, mean, he is, I know. He is absolutely ridiculous. He's I mean, special, man. He's special. He's and avoided 30 tackles this season on 74 attempts. That's stupid. 30. That is so dumb. That's so. Hey, Shivers looked really good, too. I loved the balance 
that they have mm-hmm. as far as carries go. 24 for Tank, 11 for Shivers, 10 for Knicks. I'd love DJ Williams only got one. I'd love to see DJ get three or four there. Maybe take that away from Bo they, Nix a little bit. But they said that he got hurt. Yeah, I didn't. And I didn't realize that until I, I think Gus said that. Yeah. Um, Post game, I think that's where that came from. So got nipped up a um, little bit. Yeah. So, so I think that makes sense. Uh, you kind of wonder what that balance would have looked like if all three of those guys could stay healthy for a full game. But I think um, I love this balance. I think that that balance is good, and I love the balance. For the receivers, as far as receptions go, mm-hmm. Seth had eight catches, Schwartz had seven, Eli had five, Shanker, Capers, and Hudson all had one. Uh, I, I think I'd like to see it spread out a little bit more, but as far as the top three with Seth having eight, Schwartz having seven, and Stove having five, that's kind of what we thought was going to happen going into the season. So I, I yeah, like that balance as well. I thought they did a great job of getting the ball in those guys' hands. Every way that they did it, whether it's those – basically extended run plays on on screen passes or whatever. And I know those aren't like, you know, those may go for zero yards, but there's also the chance that one of those guys, whether it's Stove or Schwartz, just rips it for like 55. So like it opens other stuff up too. Yeah. I mean, there was a big run that, um, that Shivers had that I put in my GIF thread. I didn't really talk about it, but I I put the GIF up there where, um, you know, they, they they pulled the backside and I mean, it's essentially like a, a counter trap. And on the outside, it looks like it's an RPO. I mean, Seth is like chilling, you know, and he, he's ready for the catch. And you see the safety step over just a second to, you know, look at Seth Williams. Mm-hmm. And it just, you know, Shivers gets like a 10-yard runoff of it. It's just like that stuff, that stuff opens things up. You know, it's not just, you know, you can't look at each individual play in a vacuum. It's all... It's, it all goes together like one big puzzle. And I, I think they did I think they did an outstanding job. Really, really good game plan Saturday. Yep, I, I totally agree. Um, last thing for me about Tank, or about this game is going to be about Tank. 98 yards after contact. He averaged four yards a carry after contact. That's awesome. Which is, is... It, which is just stupid. So he, he's so he, stinking good. He has this, uh, like, when he goes, like, through the line of scrimmage, like, when there's the most congestion, mm-hmm. he has this, like, forward lean that he has. It's like he's anticipating the contact, and he's just, like, going to power through it. But I think when a lot of people would do that, they would, like, then fall, and it would just be, like, you know, a four- or five-yard gain. But he has he does such a good job of, like, leaning – and then, like, correcting his balance, like, after he makes it through. And I haven't really seen that with a whole lot of people. Zeke Elliott does it. Um, but, man, he's just uh, – he's special, man. I can't wait to watch him for, for a few years. Yeah, he's he's really good. Um, last thing I've got for the show, shout-out yeah. to um, Auburn – former Auburn – well, Auburn Tiger – uh, current Jacksonville Jaguar, Daniel Thomas, blocked a punt and uh, returned it for a touchdown. Yeah, that's awesome. It's great for him. Yeah. Um, Cam Newton got pulled for Jarrett Stidham, so both got some playing time. But Cam Newton got um, – he was the first NFL player ever to throw for 30,000 yards and run for 5,000. So uh, another Auburn Tiger making some uh, some headway in the NFL. Yeah, and Jarrett Stidham has a beautiful handoff, Zach. We, we were texting about it yesterday. I mean, those things look, they look amazing. Yeah. 
yeah, the chef's kiss. Uh, I think I heard you do. So, oh, yeah, yeah, that, that is, um, yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, Pappas, where can people find you, buddy? Follow me on Twitter at Couch Paptato. Follow me on Twitter at Z Black. We follow you on Twitter at Locked On Auburn and on Instagram at Auburn Podcast. We'll be back tomorrow. This has been Locked On Auburn. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. NCAA tournament is almost here and listening to locked on college basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait, find locked on college basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the locked on podcast network, your team every day.